mind, I think I'm going to stop trying to get it. And just enjoy it. And then stop analyzing it, analyzing why and how and all of these things and just go, it's happening and it's awesome. Welcome everyone to Sean Wolf's Wrestling Wrap-Up and that was your 2021 Royal Rumble winner, Edge, who went in at number one and went the distance to win your your 2021 Rumble. What an incredible match that was. So many awesome moments and eliminations and scenarios in that match. The whole pay-per-view was well-written. I mean, it just makes you have this feeling that Raw, like how could Raw be bad when you have such a pay-per-view like this that that obviously starts the road to WrestleMania. This is the time for everything to change. SmackDown's already great. NXT's already great. The pay-per-views have been delivering really well since September. And, and they just keep getting better and better. And what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to jump into my top five for the Rumble. Pay-per-views are getting top fives, especially pay-per-views like the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, and Survivor Series. Well, SummerSlam Survivor Series, the main four. Uh, other ones, I'm going to try to not go as long. I'm even going to try not to go as long with these ones anymore. Get kind of the, the points as, as fast as we can and try to do lengthier ones for down the road where I can actually do interviews or just like, you know... Uh, pods just on a certain star that I admire or looked up to or met and tell like road stories like that. So yeah. All right, let's jump in. Uh, number five. I did number. Let's just put it this way. Number four, number five. I was kind of really back and forth about, but I rewatched both. Like I usually do. I rewatched some stuff and then that way it helps me uh, see the little things you may have missed and whether it's the commentary to boost up the match Certain things set in the ring are done by the talents. So number five is going to be Sasha Banks retaining her SmackDown Live Women's Championship against Carmella. Carmella has improved tremendously since she's been back. Uh, her character has been great. Her match has been better. I think you obviously got to give a lot of credit to Sasha from that because she brings up the best in a lot of the, the wrestlers. And she always gives you a good match. So you got to give credit where credit's due. Kind of like certain people like a Shawn Michaels... Bret Hart, that were able to like get talents who never really had that great matches, bring out the best in them, and then hopefully from there they you know you've led them led them to water, and then Carmella can deliver even better matches than she's had in her past with other superstars from here. Time will tell, but one thing that's definitely been proven is these two mesh together really well, not only in the ring though, but in storylines. Their back and forth promo work and and uh, interactions. When it, there was some physicality on Raw, uh, sorry, on SmackDown the last few weeks, or actually no, not even the last few weeks. The Fantasy, the last maybe two months, have been great. Good solid match, lots of good reversals. The right person won. Carmella doesn't look weak by losing. Sasha is finally getting a reign that she deserves. Carmella looks good because she's giving better matches, so people are going to look at that. They're going to be like, "Oh, that person sucks." She's giving good matches, really good matches that she never really gave as much before. So instead of talking about the loss, you're going to talk about the improvement. And when it comes to Sasha Banks, she's getting a reign she finally deserved. Usually she would win a women's title and lose it in her first defense. Now she's about, I believe they said she's almost reaching 100 days as champion. 
So she's had, and each pay-per-view performance has been solid. From the incredible Hell in the Cell match with Bailey, where she won the title, to retaining against Bailey on a SmackDown. Her TLC match with Carmella was, you know, was their first match, which was better than this one, even though this one was still good, like really good. But that one was like great, best way to put it. And now jumping in at number four, Bill Goldberg challenging Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. Drew went over as he should. I was I was getting a little nervous when my boy Goldberg's in the ring because he's one of my idols, one of my favorites of all time. But uh, going long isn't his isn't in his wheelhouse. It made more sense when he first started out his career, but now as you get older, it's kind of like being brought back for the big money and the big matches to like have a short match and botch in the match. Like doesn't really make you look good, and and it could have, if it happens more than once on a few different occasions, it's kind of like ah uh, you know. Maybe just have him kind of involved in like segments more than matches. But no, they did. They kind of took little elements from Goldberg's WrestleMania match with Brock Lesnar before the second one and threw it into this match. Goldberg looked strong by kicking out of a Claymore. Drew got hit with like two spears, one which took him through the barricade into the Thunderdome zone where the fans were on the screens. And he kicked out of a jackhammer from Bill. And then finally, the second Claymore, you knew it hit, you knew it was over. Great story. Goldberg doesn't look weak. They kept in his wheelhouse. They fit a lot of shit in about a three to four minute match. I think it was even less than that. I believe it was actually like 232 or something like that. But that's not including the outside physicality of when Drew headbutted him and they battled on the outside, spear through the barricade. Roughly five six minutes, if you look, is how I would look at it. Is like from the moment they the the first uh, hit was thrown, which was Drew's headbutt. So well done there. Oh, and and what really really cemented like this is a as a as a match that I'm glad it happened. For, you know, and it made sense to happen now was the ending, where Goldberg endorsed him, kind of gave him the nod, like you know, I was an animal, like you, you know you're the young lion now shook his hand they gave each other the props they hugged a bit to tell drew was like thanking him and, and and they made it like you know goldberg earned drew drew's respect too i believe goldberg's like 54 something like that yeah i think he's 54 so you know drew looking at it like oh you're 54 like obviously you never were a guy to go the limit you were just you know fucking hit hard hit hard hit hard spear jackhammer or sometimes just spear jackhammer and you know you respected goldberg for still pulling it off and 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 feeling because it's the first time they fought how intense Goldberg's moveset is and how, you know, how strong he is. And then, you know, Goldberg acknowledges him for, like, it not being able to put him away and for Drew beating him and showing him how physical he can be and how Drew is now the, the, the you know, the machine that mows over people. So great story told there. Uh, okay, now coming in at number three is the Women's Royal Rumble match. Very, very, very slight disappointment, I'm going to say, because you're always expecting certain returns. But well, that's our fault, you you know. If they, if they still give you a good match and a good ending, it's just you know you feel that little bit of disappointment just because you're kind of hoping to see maybe a Ronda come in. But then I wouldn't have wanted her to win, or I was really like set as you heard in my predictions on a Page return, like Page and Ronda were my two picks. But the funny thing is, I made it clear that if there was, because you don't know if Page or Ronda are going to come if they weren't in the Rumble, and all the thirty participants were named. That Bianca Belair, my number three pick, was would have been my my over my number one pick to win, and Bianca did it. And not only did she do it, she killed it because she went the longest, long EST, and fucking went in there at number three, 
fucking battled. You know, had interactions with pretty much every woman in there. I loved it. I was especially happy when number 14 came in and it was Rhea Ripley. And you just kind of knew that the best way for this match to make sense, because Rhea is the other favorite to win, when you're looking at, at where it's kind of going so far, it's like you got to end with Bianca and Rhea and make the people really wonder who's taking it. And both, you know, I figured, in my eyes, both deserved it for all the hard work they put in in NXT and for the hard work and, and you know, how character-driven they are in their roles on their respected shows. But now Rhea apparently will be on SmackDown. Bianca is on SmackDown, so I feel like there could be some interaction there. But they are both faces, so I mean, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see where they go with this. Does somehow Rhea get inserted into the title match? I don't know. There's a lot of routes they can go, and they've got Bailey there, the longest reigning SmackDown Live women's champion. There's a lot of routes for the women's title on SmackDown. I feel Raw, it's kind of simple. Like, you're going to end up with Charlotte as a women's title. Sucks for Asuka, or Asuka's going to be the heel in this. And maybe that'll be a WrestleMania match again. I don't know. They always deliver, so I wouldn't be disappointed. But then it's like, where does Shayna fit in? Did they give Shayna and I the tag title so they can go into Mania as tag champs? But then who do they have as really like, like viable contenders? So I'm I'm really looking forward to how they're going to go in the women's division. The men's whole storylines for WrestleMania, as far as the main title pictures, seem pretty cemented with uh, Edge and Roman most likely, and I'm assuming Styles and Drew. But yeah, I guess we'll see where this goes. Yeah, sorry, I go a little off topic here and there, but, you know, there's so much to talk about, especially after the Rumble and now that WrestleMania season has started. And we had some cool surprise entrance. Uh, Victoria returned, former women's champion. She had a great showing coming out she, to her old theme song. Uh, she widow, hit a widow's peak at one point on Peyton Royce, who also uses the move. Um, she looked pretty much the same. Great shape. Obviously, she's much older now, but it didn't show. Not extremely, so hell of a job maintaining a good look over the years. Sometimes you never know when they were invited back for these type of matches. So it's like, did they maintain staying in shape or did they get in shape as soon as they found out? Either way, something to be proud of. Got to give all the power to them. Uh, Tori Wilson was back in the Rumble. I mean, it's cool. I like her songs. Cool to see her here and there. Never thought she was one of the best wrestlers. She was more like the American girl that they had come out for the bikini contests and do a little interaction there to look pretty. I never was the best wrestler, but she was a cool person, a decent talker and a good look. And, you know, I think <laughs> she works a little better now than she did in her in her heyday. But, hey, you know, I guess sometimes you got to fill spots, even though I would have preferred to see a little more NXT talent. We still got uh, Dakota Kai, which was all right. Shotzi Black card again, which I think makes sense. She perfectly fits the... Uh, Raw and SmackDown rosters, I feel. I'm loving what she's doing on NXT. I would like to see her as NXT Women's Champion. If she's not going to get a run as the champion, then fuck, just move her up after WrestleMania, man. Let her add some color, literally, cool-ass green hair and just the tattoos and the, the look and the presence and coming out in her tank. Like, everything about her screams Raw or SmackDown and big-time pay-per-views. Like, you want to see her come out on the tank at, like, WrestleMania, but I'm assuming probably SummerSlam which is still cool. Like, you know, that's a good debut for her. I hope at least by the summer that Shotzi is moved over to uh, Raw or SmackDown. Hopefully SmackDown. And everyone knows I'm not the biggest fan of Raw, but when I say Raw for some of these talents, I'm hoping that them coming in could save the show and finally elevate it to where it's entertaining to watch again. 
I mean, there's a good interaction between Charlotte Flair and Lacey Evans. I liked how when Lacey was coming out, Charlotte was already in the ring. And she's pretty much telling the other women, like, you know, like, she's mine first, stay out of the way. Like, like I'm, you know, not going after anybody. Naomi tried to grab Charlotte from the back. Charlotte gave her a, a real stiff elbow, like, well, it was well, uh, well written there, I feel. To basically, you know, be like, I told you, no, no one better fucking touch me. Like, get the fuck off me. Like, you know, as soon as Lacey comes in here. If anyone goes for her, I'm hurting them because I like I'm getting first dibs, you know, on her. And you know that's what they did. Beat the shit out of Lacey, got her out. Like I fucking thought that was a great story told. I'm gonna fast forward now to the ending. It came down to the Queen Charlotte Flair, Bianca Belair, and Rhea Ripley. A great final three. The two, I guess you could say the two. I don't know how long Rhea's rep, re, wrestled, but Rhea. Oh, sorry, Rhea's wrestled, but Bianca. Probably no more than five to seven years. Not too long. Maybe even the last five years. Something like that. So, you know, you kind of had in a way the rookies or the noobs team up together. Especially new to the Raw and SmackDown rosters. Dump Charlotte over the top rope. Thought that was well done. Cre- gave them credibility. Take out take out the biggest threat. Someone who's been an established multiple-time women's champion. And then here you go. The two that made the most sense to win. And the two where it had to end it off where you're really like, oh, fuck, it could go either way. And boy, did it. From Bianca going up for her finish, having uh, Rhea in a torture rack position across her back to flip her out. To Rhea almost clotheslining her over. To the, the, almost the tosses, arm, you know, trying to hip toss each other over. And then finally, Rhea, uh, sorry, Bianca ends up getting Rhea over the top for the win. Great fashion. That, that's how they did this. Like the match was done perfectly. She got her over in a. I wouldn't, I can't even actually take that. I can't say dominant fashion, but in the fashion it was done, it was great. They, they really made it go back and forth between the two. You really had no idea. There was a lot of times we were like, oh, oh shit, here it goes, here it goes. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, fuck. They're still going, you know? So well done. That's what makes the last two in the Rumble really exciting to see instead of like that fast elimination. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I think in this case, you had two powerhouses like these two, you had to go back and forth. It didn't make one look stronger than the other. It just, you know, I think you give the slight speed edge to the quickest, the fastest Beyonce, Bianca Belair, and that's how she won the match. Now, number two was Roman Reigns successfully defending his Universal Championship against Kevin Owens in a badass match. I knew this was going to be the best match that they've had in this feud. Arguably, it could be the best match they've ever had. Tough to call because the 2017 Royal Rumble... I was there live with my brothers when KO defended, funny enough, the Universal title successfully against uh, Roman Reigns. And he won with uh, help from Braun Strowman. That was an incredible match that we saw live. So, I mean, I'd have to rewatch that and rewatch this. But in this current feud, it's the best match they've had. The roles are reversed with KO playing the face and Roman playing the heel. Uh, lots of cool spots. They redid the spot where Roman threw KO off the stage area of the Thunder Dome where the fans are into a table. Later on, when they ended up backstage, KO's looking for Roman. Roman runs him over with the golf cart. KO made it look even better with the impact, the way he went into the windshield part of it and knocked that off. There's another part where KO jumped off a, uh, what do you call it, a forklift that he raised onto Roman on a table with a swanton. And then the genius part of the match is when he handcuffs Roman Reigns to pretty much the, uh, I guess the the big poles that that usually hold up the Titantron, I guess you could say the 
the steel posts. And Roman was handcuffed really low so that way he can't make it to his feet. It was genius. And then just when the ref gets to the nine count, Roman's close enough to him to grab him and pull him into a pole, and the ref's out. So Roman was, uh, sorry, Kevin Owens was a second away from winning. We were actually starting to think, oh my God, are they going to give it to KO? And Roman goes a different route or or maybe gets the belt from him in another pay-per-view just so KO, does, KO looks a little stronger in this, uh, sorry, in this feud. But no, another referee comes out, and as he hits five or, the five or six count, you kind of notice that, oh shit, like Heyman's having a hard time with the key that he got to uh, uncuff Roman. So they cut off from the referee. A lot of people complained about this, but, you know, Bully Ray said it best. You know, shit like this happens. You got to make the most of it instead of changing the storyline. Corey Graves sold it really well when Roman did the smartest thing he could do, and that's kind of get on his feet in a crouching position. Even though you're supposed to be kind of, it's last man standing, he's not on his back, he's not down, he's like crouched down. And Graves did a great job of, of explaining that, that Roman got himself to a crouching position. So he's kind of standing right now. All they're really trying to do is get the cuffs off so Roman can fight back and win the match. And then Roman uh, got KO in his guillotine, choked out KO for the win. KO looks, for like three losses in a row to Roman, it was written so well that he does not look weak, weak at all because he had all three matches won. Chicanery is what, what pretty much cost him the title. And in, out of all the three matches they had, this one more than ever was the one where KO really had him beat, like in the most intelligent way. And it's the one that really sticks out because it was the best match they had. There was a few glitches along the way, but great story told. KO looks strong. makes me really wonder what's next for him. But we all know what's next for Roman Reigns. It is pretty much related to my number one, the men's 2021 Royal Rumble and the winner was Edge. And it's been pretty much, uh, not even rumored, but you might as well, I believe it's pretty much cemented that he will be facing Roman Reigns for the Universal title at WrestleMania. It makes sense as they need some new fresh matches and I guess like a top-level main event baby face that the fans can really row behind. And it's also spear versus spear. So which spear is going to hit? How many spears will it take? Lots of stories that can be told here. As much as I said I love Goldberg, it's not like where it'd be like two, three spears in a five-minute span. These guys can tell a really good story, build up to the spears at the odd moments. You don't know how many it's going to take. Could it even take one to show that one of them has the dominant spear? Will it take three each, but one of their one of their 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 thirds is the better the better so uh, sorry one uh one of them has the third spear that's actually the better one, maybe. Due to who took a more of a beatdown, that's the nail in the coffin where, you know, the second or third is it. There's so many routes they can go. I'm thinking Edge is going to win the title. It doesn't make sense for him to lose it. It's the perfect story. He returned after 10 years. No, sorry, 9 years last year. And then this year, it's 11 years to the day that he won the Royal Rumble. And then Edge even said he when he retired... In 2011, he was still the World Heavyweight Champion, so he never lost the title. It's the, so he never lost the belt, and now he's finally getting the chance. He's earned the chance to come back for a world title and to reign atop of the WWE again. And uh, yes, pun intended. Obviously, I'm a huge fan of Roman Reigns. I might be the biggest star in the company. I definitely enjoy his storylines the best. 
And I really enjoyed the storylines with storyline with Edge and Randy from last year that just ended on Raw last night. So I'm thinking these two are the two best storylines of last year. And no matter who they were working with, it is always the best thing on their respective shows. So now they're in a storyline together. Like that just writes itself. A couple of quick rumble notes. Entering just like Rhea Ripley at number 14 in the men's rumble, though, was Damian Priest. So that seemed to be the main roster debut number. They did a cool spot at the beginning of the rumble where all the heels were kind of mixed up trying to throw Edge over the top rope. And you thought to yourself, oh my God, could Christian be back? Like, imagine. And then Jeff Hardy comes out and you're like, oh, okay, this is fine. This makes sense. The TLC matches with the Dudleys, the Hardys, and Edge and Christian. Okay, okay. And you're kind of like, oh, all right, this is all right. I get it. Then later on in the match, at number 24, as soon as the music hits, you you kind of realize, oh my god, it's Christian, but you're still like, it's still hard to process. And then until you, I saw the Christian name across the Titantron, across the, the background, and then when he walks out, you're like, whoa, this is the best moment of the match. Cool vest, great shape, you know, he still looked, looked phenomenal. And then at, speaking of phenomenal, that number 25 was AJ Styles. <laughs> And then you're kind of thinking like, wow, like Christian's back. Like it took a while to process. We had, I had to watch it a few times that night and a few times yesterday. I'm probably going to watch it a few times today. Best moment. And Edge's reaction in the ring, I loved it. Like, you know, he's just looking over with a smile, but a little bit of a, you know, like he's almost about to cry too because he's so happy. I didn't think Michael Cole did a great enough job of, of hyping this up. Like, oh, it's Edge's best friend, Christian. Like, shut up. It's not about fucking Edge here. You could have sold the fact that Edge showed, like, it's not about Edge at this moment. It's about Christian's return. And I'm sure Edge would prefer that, you know, it was made all about Christian there. And Edge's expression showed that. That was obviously mentioned. Corey Graves did a good job of putting over Christian's return. I, I, you know, Joe's probably hyped up too because of the fact that Christian's one of his best friends. Uh, and then when Christian finally gets in the ring, kicks some ass a little bit and, you know, helps eliminate Bobby Lashley with the rest of the talent in the ring. Edge and Christian hug they do one of their old combos where Christian flips backwards and uh, Edge lifts him up and slams him on Riddle. Very well done. Some moves from when they first became a tag team. The hug was just an emotional moment of the year already, if not the, an emotional moment and nostalgic moment of the last fucking five, ten years. I don't know, five years, let's say. It was just incredible. And then finally, I like the fact that I guess you can say technically in a way it was final five, but... The final four came down to Braun, Sto Braun Strowman, who I really, really hoped didn't win, Seth Rollins, and Edge and Christian. Great battle. Braun ended up kind of slamming Rollins instead of teaming up with him against ENC. Braun got the best of ENC early on, and then as he tried to dump Edge over the top rope, Edge was smart enough to lock Braun in a front headlock, reminiscent to when Benoit eliminated Big Show at the Royal Rumble 2004. Christian came from behind, elevated Braun's leg. Just as they were about to get him out, great angle. Rollins sneaks up from the back and ends up dumping Christian and Braun over. And here's the finals as he runs off the rope to curb stop Edge to finish him off. Edge does kind of catches him low in a cool fashion and dumps Rollins over the top rope. But we knew it wasn't over there because from the camera angle, they really like zoomed in. He turned right into an RKO from the returning Randy Orton, who started the match with Edge. Uh, Edge at number one, Randy at number two, but then when Edge took him out with a DDT on the announcer's table and a chair chair shot to the knee, Orton pretty much left the match from the beginning. You knew he was coming back. Cool moment to make, obviously, some fans think 
that Randy was going to win his third Rumble, but nope, Edge fucking uh, sidestepped him and launched him over with a hip toss, I guess kind of like a hip toss over the top rope, and Edge celebrated his 2021 victory with a lot of emotion, a, like a lot of posing down because of the crazy shape he's in. I love that they gave him enough time to really soak it in. The guy's got a fucking eight pack at 47. I just tweeted him yesterday being like, congrats on your win, brother. And uh, hey, you know, can you give me a couple of diet tips or workout tips on how to get that damn eight pack from Canadian to Canadian? So I'm hoping he responds to that. If he does, I will definitely post it on my Instagram and my Facebook. Anyway, on that note, great Royal Rumble. Hope you guys all enjoyed the show. Thank you. I went a bit lengthy today, but what can you do? Uh, excuse me for a couple of little botches on this here tonight. Like I said, I'm still working on it. Third weekend. I know I said it wouldn't happen again, but hey, when you're a noob, I haven't even hit a month yet. Give me a month before I really hit my stride. And hopefully once this COVID thing changes, I can find better ways to promote this. But for now, thank you to anyone that listens. Thank you to anyone even who listens a bit <laughs> to give me like a where it's, you know, it adds up my uh, listeners count and my audience. If obviously, if I appreciate the gesture and if I can do anything to ever return the favor to you, feel free to ask. Thank you. Take care.